Hey, this is Jim Fleming, and this is the Stuart Heights Fleming Sunday School Class Podcast. This podcast is a recording of our weekly Sunday School Class, as well as a few other teaching opportunities I get at my church. But before you listen further, you may want to go to teachings.jim314.com and download the student and or teacher handouts so you can follow along visually and take some notes. Thanks for listening. Come back often, and feel free to add this podcast to your favorite podcast app or to iTunes. Now let's get to this week's lesson. Good morning, everybody. So let's start this morning with, like we normally do, with our uh, scripture memory review. So we got 1 John 3, 1. So if you can quote it, then now's the time to stand. Justin, cram at the last second. There we go. You got it. Do you want me to read this version off so I can mess you up? I know you learned the ESV, so I don't want you having a heads up on anything. Just Justin? All right. Like Miss Amy's going to help? Oh, there we go. Awesome. Get three. Going three. Going once, going twice. All right, here we go. I'm gonna make Justin go last. We'll see if he really, we'll see if he really knows it. All right, Miss Amy, you got it. Yes, I do. Awesome. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon our children, on us, that we should be called children of God. Yes. Therefore, the world does not know us yes. because it did not know Him. That's right. Excellent. Good job. So I was hoping you would know it since you picked it last week. So that's good. Awesome. Miss Kimberly. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, yes. that we should be called children of God, yes. and so we are. The reason the world did not know us is because it did not know Him, 1 John 3, 1. Nice. With, with the reference at the end. So she gave the ESV for you, so if you were listening, then you just heard what excellence sounds like. So no pressure here. No pressure here at all. No pressure here at all. Not feeling it. All right, let's do it. See then what kind of love the Father has for us, yes. that we should be called the children of God, yes. and so we are. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. First John 3 1. Nice job. Excellent. Good, 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 good. Cool. So, you guys can either go up now or you go up after class, but uh, just as a review, each verse that you say gets you something from the prize table, uh, and the prize table is there, so that's the way that works. So. Um, so, let's jump in. Today, we start a new series, Solomon on Social Media. Uh, and at the top of your handout uh, at your table is kind of the preview of what we'll be looking at today. Uh, I think I took it off of your handouts, but there is a bit of disclaimer uh, that I'm going to start with this morning uh, for this series. Uh, quite a few of them, in fact. So we'll just start right away with uh, Eugene Peterson. You may know who Eugene Peterson is. <clears throat> you know, if you've ever heard of, he's actually most known for the thing that I like the least about him, but that's okay. Uh, he wrote the message translation of the Bible. And it's really more of a paraphrase than a translation, but we won't get into that. Uh, but he's got a great quote. Every congregation is a congregation of sinners, and if that weren't bad enough, they all have sinners for pastors. Uh, so that's where we are in this space. So as a disclaimer to start this series, I want to make sure everybody understands that uh, your teacher is a work in progress. I do not have this all figured out. Uh, I am working on this. Uh, no doubt many of you have seen me gloriously fail at the topics that we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. So. That's what we're going to start with. Uh, And then there's another disclaimer. Uh, Perseverance doesn't mean perfect. It means that we keep going. So wherever you are in your stretch of Christianity, whether you're starting your journey or in the middle of your journey or toward the end of your journey, 
We're keeping going at this thing. We're not going to stop. We're going to try to get better every single day, be more like Jesus every single day. Uh, yeah, there's one more. So Jared Wilson is one of my favorite preachers. He pastored a church in Vermont. He now is the director of content strategy for Midwestern Baptist Theological Seminary. That's a lot. Uh, but this is one of my favorite quotes of his. And sometimes when you guys walk in the room, you think that I have all the answers and I don't have all the answers. I'm going to point you to something that has all the answers. So while I would encourage questions and debate and discussion as we go through this, please don't assume I have a... I was going to say a little book with all the answers, but I do have a little book with all the answers, so I, don't, I can't go there. So that's where that is. Uh, and then for the church, uh, if you can't... If you hadn't noticed this already, this is my Twitter account that I've copied things over. I knew that I was going to do this series probably a year, a year and a half ago. So I started taking screenshots of things that I thought might be helpful then. Uh, and this is a great one. The Holy God of the universe is the only one qualified to keep score. And he is the only one who in Christ throws the scorecard out. So I want to make sure that we do not approach this as a legalistic, here's our set of rules, here's our number of minutes, here's our whatever this, we are talking about the heart as we go through this. We are not talking about ones and zeros. So I just want to make sure that we remember this is not an attempt to be legalistic uh, because, Matt Smithhurst, uh, moralism may promise rest, but it'll never provide rest. That's not how treadmills work. I'll let you read that one again. That's not how treadmills work. Because that's what moralism is. It's I've got my list and I'm going to keep my list and I'm going to be exhausted every single day because that's how treadmills work. Uh, and that's that. So uh, one more disclaimer. Actually, there's a few more, but that's okay. There's lots of disclaimers as we get started today. Uh, y'all know what this is, this picture? Anybody remember that phrase at the top? Anybody remember how to say it? Ordo salutis, yes, it's that Latin term for the order of salvation. And if you were wondering why we did either 13 or 14 weeks talking about the order of salvation, it's because this guy named Challies. Uh, and Tim Challies is a blogger. There's a picture of him. And he does really cool artwork with this guy named Josh Byers. Josh does the art. Challies does the theology. And they come up with stuff like this. And it makes my theological brain go... I want to know more about that. So we do series on it, and I get to learn more about it, which is kind of cool. But they wrote a book called Visual Theology, and I would strongly encourage you to get the book. It is fantastic. It is also beautiful. It's got things in there like this, which is a way to show the books of the Bible that I had never even thought of before, which is just some of your brains went, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool, right? And it's grouped by, you know, so you've got your Gospels and the history and the epistles, the general, I mean, it's just really slick, and the theology is solid. And what I have found in my study of theology is that you have really two ends of the spectrum. You've either got really, really good theology combined with awful graphics, or you have really good graphics that are heretical, <laughs> right? It's just horrible. And these guys have managed to put both into one book, and I think it is fantastic. So. The reason I bring them up is because Tim Challies, uh, this guy on the left, he wrote a blog post called, anybody want to guess? Solomon on social media. And he wrote this a couple of years ago, and I read it a couple of years ago, and I went, 
I think I'm going to need a couple of years of God working on me before I can stand up in a group and talk about this. Uh, and so that's what we did. So I've been thinking and praying about this for a long time. There's actually, if you flip your hand out over, flip your hand out over and look at the very bottom, you'll see some resources. Now, all the resources that we cover in this class are at that website at the bottom, stewardheightsorg slash Sunday School. And the PDF that you pull up after you navigate to that particular file, you can click on that link and it'll take you right to that article as well as the next two articles. Or you can just type into Google Solomon on social media and you'll get to that article eventually. So he was the genesis. He was the first domino that kind of got kicked off to, in my head to do this series. So I want to make sure I give him credit for that. And we'll start, flip back over on the other side of the handout, with an obvious question if you're going to talk about what Solomon says about social media, the obvious, obvious, obvious first question is what travels faster than a horse? Right? So if you wanted to send a message, so I put a timeline, uh, and I wouldn't disagree with gossip. Um, uh, I put a timeline here, and depending upon your interpretation of Genesis chapter 1, mine is it's seven literal days, so here we go. Um, put a timeline of the history of the world. So creation, 4,000 B.C., the flood, 2350 B.C., Abraham, 2,000, Moses, 1,500, Solomon, 1,000 B.C., Jesus, uh, it's not zero B.C., there wasn't a year like that, uh, but in us, 2016 today. So if you think about the history of the world, and, and what my comments until we get to the, uh, how we define social media are from a sermon that Tim Challies preached. The reference to that is also on the back of the handout. Uh, but if you think about the history of the world, and you needed to deliver a message, what could you pick that was faster than a horse? Real question. EPB. What's that? EPB. EPB. And EPB happened way up here, right? <laughs> like way, way, way up here. So if we're, we're just say, we'll say Jesus and back. What traveled faster than a horse? Maybe a ship if you were going over water, right? If you need to deliver a message over land, what travels faster than a horse? A bird. Good luck training a bird, right? It's doable. The Mennonites have it figured out. Yep. Yep. So there's a very small population of the earth that figured that one out though, right? Okay, good. So you'll notice that there is a blank right here on your handout above this dot. This is where man invented something that travels something, travels faster than a horse. And the first name that we had for it actually has the word horse in it. Trains. So there's your first blank, trains. So what travels faster than a horse? It wasn't really until about 200 years ago that we invented something that could reliably transport a message faster than a horse. So think about how technology has changed over the history of the world, right? So if you believe that the earth is at least 6,000 years old, then for 5,800 of those years, we were limited to the speed of a horse. And in the last 200 years, what has happened? EPB, right? Yes. <laughs> Thank you for my gigabit internet to the home. If you're listening, I'd love a discount. Um, <laughs> But uh, yeah, all kinds of rapid advancement of technology. And, and we as Christians can do a lot of different things with this. Um, we can run from it. We can engage it. 
but I think Challies uses this as the example that the horse is a really good example of how fast things have changed once they started to change a bit. So let's go to Genesis 1.28. I think I put it on your handout. So Genesis 1.28. So context of Genesis 1.28, uh, God is speaking here. He is speaking to two people. Who is he speaking to? Adam and Eve, right? And what is their status in Genesis 1.28? What's that? Before the fall, yes. So if you had to physically describe them, where do they live? In the garden, right? And what are they wearing? Nothing. Okay, great. Just want to make sure we got our setting straight here. So Genesis 1.28, Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So God gives this giant command to two naked people in a garden. Do you think they will need anything to make that happen? You don't think they need anything? So they're going to dominate the entire world over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. They could. How could they? Help me understand how they could do that. Well, I mean, I, we don't know exactly, but I think from my understanding is that, you know, Adam was able to talk to man. Okay. So he could have minds over you know, the, that. Okay. So could they cover the earth they have to produce, right? They, they need to have children at this point, right? Okay, good. That's excellent. They walk and talk with God every day. That's, that's an awesome tool to have, right? Yeah. Would it help if they invented things to help them accomplish this task? Would we agree? Yes. You don't think? Okay. Not if you're in, again, we can't relate at all to your centers. But if you're in that status that they are, yep. where they're walking right next to God, right. I would think you could do anything. Okay. And so you have the Holy Spirit with you. Uh, we actually don't know that. We have no record of the Holy Spirit indwelling them in Genesis 1 or 2 or 3. So I, I wouldn't go there yet. You still have God. Yep. Yep. Agree. Absolutely agree. Totally agree. So, so the premise of this start of this series is. <clears throat> Very simple, because when God created man in the Garden of Eden, he told them to fill the entire earth and to dominate it. That's the word here, to have dominion, to dominate it. Right? Mm -hmm. Yes? Yeah, one thought that go along with what he said, now, at the fall, we lost, what, 95% of what we had up here? We don't know, actually. The Bible didn't tell us, but we lost something, right? Sometimes I think yep. it's that, more, that much or more. It might be. <laughs> and, Very true. And the, whole, yeah. and the whole point of it being alluding to what he said, there's no telling what we lost. There's absolutely no telling. Absolutely agreed. So my question so, to you, yep. But, but we're dealing with the now, so we are. Back to so my my question to you, <laughs> my question to you is how is Adam and Eve, how are they supposed to have dominion over the whole earth without inventing any technology at all? And I'm telling you, I don't think they could do it. 
There you go. Right. Absolutely. You've got powers and numbers, so that's very helpful, right? Would it be helpful at any point to sleep indoors? No. You don't think so? Not then. So do we know that the entire Earth was a... Do we know that the entire Earth was a climate so that they could sleep outside? What, did, what was God's command to them? Fill the entire Earth. Fill the entire Earth. So unless you believe, and here's my, here's my point, unless you believe the garden was the entire earth, and we know that it wasn't because there are boundaries that are described later in Genesis chapter 2. We know that the garden wasn't the entire earth. They had to leave the garden. I will completely agree with you that they had whatever they needed in that garden. But when they left that garden, we are not told that they had everything that they need. The assumption is that they would go and create and do and mimic their creator in inventing new things so that they could fulfill God's command on the earth. So that's my Old Testament example. Here's your blank. God means for us to create new things so we can carry out his will for us. Now, a couple of thoughts on this. What does technology, and when I say technology, we haven't gotten to this yet, okay? I'm not talking about electronic technology. I want you to think about all the technology that exists to bring you into this room this morning. So what was the technology that existed to get you into this room? You had a car, right? Right? There was a coffee maker, yes. Excellent. There was a coffee maker. There were two coffee makers. Maybe three coffee makers. There was a hair straightener, yes. Um, did electricity help? Yes. Did the roads that you drove on help? Yes. Did the house that you woke up in help? Yeah. All water, absolutely. Clean water, right? You didn't have to go down to the river and splash around it. I mean, this is, there's a lot of technology that was involved getting you here. So here's your next blank. God calls you to use technology for His purposes and for His glory. So let's look at the next passage there. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. So who's speaking here? Jesus is speaking. And what does He say? Go, therefore, into where? And make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So what's the assumption here? The assumption here is that these folks are going to be able to go to the entire world. And they are going to be able to carry a message to the entire world. And believe it or not, there's some technology involved in doing that. And there's been all kinds of preachers that have stood up and talked about how perfect the timing was of Jesus' arrival on the earth because when he told the apostles to go, they got to use the infrastructure that the Romans had built because the Romans built these roads all over the known world. And they built those roads for one very clear reason, dominion. They wanted to own the world. Now, it was a really twisted application of Genesis 1.28, but they wanted dominion over the whole world. And they built infrastructure to make it happen. And when Jesus tells the disciples, take this message and go, guess what they leveraged? 
You're going to laugh at this one. They leveraged the Roman road. Yes. They leveraged the Roman road. Did they leverage anything else later on? Did they let, can I see your Bible real quick? Did they leverage anything, have we leveraged anything else later on? Yeah, the printing press helped, right? Because before that, it was, let's make a copy by hand, which takes a long time, if you haven't noticed, right? Some of you practice these memory verses, and you write them over and over and over and over and over and over and over until you can say it flawlessly. That takes a very long time. And the printing press came along. Gutenberg came along, and he printed out a Bible. You know what Gutenberg also printed out on that printing press? Papal indulgences on that first press. See, when we use technology, we can use it for good, we can use it for evil. And this is a really basic concept, right? And the the point I want to get across is technology is amoral. There is not a, oh, that is a good thing or that is a bad thing. We can use it for good, we can use it for evil. It is up to us. Those Roman roads could be used to spread the gospel. They could be used to dominate for someone that is not King Jesus. So a lot of different things happening here. Here's your next blanks. Our sinful human hearts will want to use good gifts in bad ways. Would you agree with me there? I think we have all experienced a, this is a really good gift. And then there was some method uh, of not using that well. Would you agree if I transitioned and held up this little device right here that our human hearts wants to use good gifts in bad ways? Would you agree? Yes. We have all experienced this. So the question is, how will we do this? Will we do this well? Will we not do this well? I've spent a lot of time thinking about the method in which God has communicated with us, and it is through the written word. God spoke. And men wrote things down, and we have copies of those things that they wrote down. And therefore, the written word has value. He made it have value because he put his word in that form. And if he invites us to participate in spreading that message, then we need to be thinking and very intentional and purposeful in how we handle those types of communications. Does that make sense? You with me? Yeah, I'm walking very slowly here because I want to make sure we get the basis for this. I think it's very important. So my question is, what are the filters that we use before we do activities? What are the filters that we use before we do activities? Now, I have here some stuff that Sean McGarvey, Sean's a, I'm sure there's a very specific word, but he's a nurse in an operating room. And before they go operate on people, they get dressed, which is kind of cool. So they put on all sorts of different things. He's got some of this stuff I don't even know what it is. Like, really, I, I honestly don't know what it is. So he's got gloves. We've got... Um, it makes me nervous to think that, that you need this, right? It's like, oh. So, so I'm the guy... I am the guy that you, you just don't want me around blood. Um, we got to take a trip to the ER a week and a half, two weeks ago, and I watched someone get their arm. Uh, like, yeah, IV. 
I sat down. That was all I had. Um, here's, here's this. Here it is. So one of the things that's important is filters, right? And, and if, if you go in to operate on somebody, I can only imagine what I look like. If you go in to operate on somebody and you don't know how to use the filters, because that's where that filter goes, right? It's not? Is that not what we do many times, though? We take, can I see your Bible again? We take this filter that we know what it is. It feels weird holding the Bible with gloves on. We take this filter that we know what it is, and we put it in the wrong spot. And we don't use the filter where it's supposed to go. And therefore, the filter is not very effective. And what I want us to think about in this series is what are we doing with the filter that we have? Because in my mind, the filters in Proverbs that we're going to talk about are not for my thumbs. They are for my heart. Because this is the issue. I am sinful and I am evil. And I know that this will change what comes out of my thumbs and what comes out of my mouth. So sometimes what I like to do is I like to set this aside and put it over here so that I can just be unfiltered. And what I want to caution us on as we go through this series is being unfiltered. I want us to have a purpose and a pattern for the way that we engage in communications. And specifically, this is driving me nuts, sorry. Specifically in social media communications. Does that make sense? Excellent. I'm still, oh. I was like, why is Amy looking at me like that? <laughs> Thank you very much. I appreciate that. So, a couple of questions. These are really hot, by the way. Did y'all know that? These are very hot. So what is social media? So all right, here's a couple blanks for you. Social media uh, are platforms for sharing information in virtual settings. So what in the world does that mean? Well, it's simpler than the definition I found on Wikipedia, so I went with that one. That's what that means. So let's, let me ask you another question. Is social media important? Is social media important? Oh, I skipped a couple things there. There we go. Uh, here's a couple, while you're thinking about that question, I want to talk about what we're going to cover and what we're not going to cover. Because this is an example of existing social media platforms. And each one of these, you might be able to see it, Facebook is right here. All these other little icons fall in the space of social media. Okay? So there are gobs and gobs and gobs. There are social media that are around social networking. There are social media that are around blogs and conversations. There are social media that's around collaborating with other people. There's social media around pictures. There's social media around music. Uh, there's social media around video. There's all different types of social media. This is too much to study. Would you agree? Good, because we're not going to do that. That's too hard. Uh, this, I think, is a great example of why we need to be uh, have filters in place. How many of y'all saw this on my Facebook feed this week? Yes? Uh, a little golden book, Everyone I Don't Like is Hitler. A Child's Guide to Online Political Discussion. I love it. Right? And we've never seen anybody, and we've never behaved like this before. No! No! Not at all. This is what we are... So my objective in this series, one of my objectives in this series, is that... We have some filter in place so that this is not how we treat people. 
could we like maybe say amen on the side in a low voice? Or not, but that's okay. <laughs> All right, so why is social media important? <laughs> Have y'all seen these billboards? Yes. So does anybody know what ubiquitous means, for starters? It means everywhere, which is really funny when you know that because these stupid billboards are everywhere, right? And if you Google ubiquitous billboards, it will tell you a little bit about what is going on. And no, I'm not going to tell you that this morning. Isn't that just wrong? That's just wrong, isn't it? Ubiquitous. This is why I think social media is important, because it's everywhere. It is the language that we speak in. It is the vehicle that we converse in, and this is what people are doing. And if we as Christians decide to take the message of the gospel and keep it out of certain conversations, I think we run the risk of missing opportunities. It's hard to be salty when the salt's in a different room, right? So let's look at a couple things. So the, the elephant in the room when you talk about social media is Facebook. So you should be looking at the grid on your backside of your handout at this point. Uh, 1.59 billion monthly active users. So these are not people who have an account. These are people who check their account and do something on their account at least once a month. That's almost half of everybody in the world that has internet access is actively involved in Facebook, which is crazy. Daily average time spent on Facebook, average, average, 42 minutes a day. <coughs> average. I'm not making any comments about whether this is right or wrong. We're just going to talk averages for a minute, okay? Second most popular Social media. Now, I have, I have limited social media here to areas that are in English because there are a couple of social media platforms in China that are more popular, not than Facebook, than, than all the others that I have listed there. Since you all do not primarily converse in Chinese, I'm, we're going to skip those. There are other platforms that are classified as social media like YouTube. YouTube is technically social media. How many of you think YouTube feels like social media? I have never really thought YouTube felt like social media because I don't interact with people on YouTube. I just go and consume content. Technically, that makes it social media. I'm going to focus ours on the interactive portions of social media. The second most popular, anybody know what this symbol is? Who said Twitter? Eh, it's not Twitter, it's Tumblr. That's right, this is Tumblr. And Tumblr has, is blog-based, uh, 555 million monthly active users. 61% uh, of 13 through 19 year olds say that Tumblr is their favorite social media platform. So you may not know what it is, but your teenagers do. Okay. Uh, the next, is, and they just changed their icon, so if you're not sure about this one, then Instagram. How many of you are bitter that they changed their icon? Yes, I read the, about this, that it was this massive. Like, I can't find it anymore. It's Instagram. This is pictures and video based. 90% uh, of all Instagram users are under the age of 35. There are 80 million pictures uploaded every day. 80 million. Million every day. Uh, then we come to uh, Twitter. Say something. 
Snapchat with the little ghost. You see the ghost image? This is because the picture goes away after a few seconds. You send somebody a snap, and then it kind of fades away into oblivion. 81% of uh, Snapchat users are between 13 and 24. Four billion videos are viewed every day on Snapchat. Billion with a B. I didn't pick the word ubiquitous on accident. It's everywhere. Then we come to Pinterest. Pinterest. How many of you have a Pinterest account? Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. Keep your hands up. That's almost exactly right. 85% of Pinterest users are female. Yes, that's exactly right. Uh, and then, and I put it over here on the side. You know what this is, right? LinkedIn, yes. So the business community wanted to get in on this craze, so there is a business uh, social networking. That's what LinkedIn is. Uh, you'll notice that people are very clear about what their priorities are, right? 10 minutes a day on LinkedIn, 42 on Facebook. So when I ask the question, do you think social media is important, um, I think it is because people are engaging with it. And I think that we need to have a strategy, a philosophy, a methodology, whatever word you want to use, that is based in the teachings of the Bible on how we engage with it. I think that is going to be very, very important. Uh, a quote here from Barnabas Piper. Uh, one of the miraculous aspects of the Scripture is how something written on papyrus in the Middle East 3,000 years ago applies to you on your iPhone in middle America today. Who was writing 3,000 years ago? Remember the timeline? Who was writing 3,000 years ago? Solomon was writing 3,000 years ago. So here's the thing, guys. You want to know what Proverbs says about communication? See those verses listed there? Those are just the obvious ones. Those are the, duh, this is really obvious we're talking about communication. We have plenty of material to work with. And I don't want to imply here by just looking at Proverbs that the other passages of Scripture aren't applicable. It's just very, very simple and straightforward to pull something out of Proverbs without spending a tremendous amount of time trying to get context. Because the context is that verse. You, you really don't have to do a lot of historical analysis and contextual analysis and setting and what church was this written to. It's just... Here's a principle that we can go instantly implement. We could do this with other passages. This series would just take, you know, 14, 15 weeks. So, so a couple quotes for you here uh, about Proverbs. Uh, this is a quote from J.I. Packer. So Psalms teach us how to worship, Proverbs how to behave, Job on how to suffer, Song of Solomon on how to live, and Ecclesiastes how to live. Which is pretty good, isn't it? I thought that was a pretty good analysis of the wisdom literature. And this is why we don't ignore any one of them. Because if we only ever suffer, focus on Job, then we end up with Eeyore Christianity. It's just awful all the time. Oh, it's just the way it is. Right? And we only ever focus on Song of Solomon, then... Well, I don't, I don't know that I want to go there. Um, uh, you, you see what I'm talking about? These all fit together for us to be uh, holistic believers. Uh, a buddy of mine in college, Ian McConnell, Holly knows Ian, uh, and uh, says the Bible is not just a book that was written, it's a voice that is speaking. And I am firmly convinced that Solomon today is speaking to us today. And if you doubt that, look at that verse at the bottom of that page. 
or at the middle of that page. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh, we know the blank? Word. Word stirs up anger. If Solomon was looking at your Facebook feed, he might say a soft or a harsh reply stirs up anger. Have you ever seen this? A harsh reply to somebody's comment stirs up some issue? Yes. Uh, verse 2, the tongue is the blank. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pours forth foolishness. Uh, in a modern context, you could say the thumb of the wise, right? I do most of my typing with my thumbs. The thumb of the wise uses knowledge rightly. Or your index finger, right? For those of you that are still the hunt and peck with your pointer, right? Uh, this voice is still speaking. It is speaking to us today. It is incredibly, incredibly, incredibly relevant. It feels like he's looking over our shoulder on most of these verses as he talks. So what's our schedule for this series? Well, a couple different things. Uh, today was your introduction. Next week, uh, what are we to do? What are we to do? We're going to look at the, the passages in Proverbs that have commands on us to actively, positively do things a certain way. So... Uh, think of it this way. When you are telling your kids, uh, go make your bed, and I want you to tuck this under and push and fold and move, and there are positive commands on specific instructions on how to do something. Third week, we're going to look at some tools and resources. Fourth week, what not to do. So when you make your bed, don't hide all your toys in your bed. Right? <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. So week two is the what are we to do. Week four is what are we not to do. And then week five, we're going to have a conversation around what are we going to do because of all of this. What are we going to change? What are we going to adjust? What have we been taught? What have we been convicted of? Where do we go from here? Because I think there's value in that dialogue. The last year, I've been part of uh, three different dialogues here at church, where it was not somebody stood up and read from a set of notes, but we talked through a topic, and it was incredibly, incredibly helpful. So that's what the fifth week is going to be. And then at the bottom, I saw, uh, again, I'll mention that there are some resources there. If you want to know more about these topics, so you can see the original blog post that Chally's wrote about Solomon on social media. Uh, that seven rules for online engagement is kind of Solomon on social media on steroids. So it is... Uh, <coughs> Methods to use and not use. Very, very good stuff. Uh, and then the last one is the actual sermon that he preached where the front side of your notes, a majority of that content came from uh, life and faith after the digital explosion. So, so that's our intro. We're going to do a lot of Proverbs the next several weeks. And if you want to know the texts that we'll be using, it's listed there on your handout with all those numbers. Those are the primary texts that we're going to be using. So if you want to read through those and get ahead... That would be strongly recommended. So that's week one. We've got four more to go. And like anything, this is tentative. We may move it around a little bit, but that's my plan right now. So we'll go with that. All right, so at your tables is a piece of paper that has weekly update on it. So if you will make sure that your prayer requests are written down on that, uh, that you have written your name at the bottom of that piece of paper so that you get attendance. Uh, we want to make it easy uh, for everybody to... Uh, document that and then if you'll pray as a group 
You are dismissed. Thanks for coming to Sunday School today. Thank <laughs> you.